You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. You know what the good thing about Resident Evil, Welcome Raccoon City is, Eric? You and I could have made this movie because it looks just like somebody and their friend made a YouTube movie. This is a great fan film. And that's me insulting it. Today we're talking about Resident Evil Raccoon City. Eric, how the hell are you doing? I'm still looking up the numbers for this. So the gross was about $38 million. It mm-hmm. does not give me a whole lot of how much it cost oh, this course movie. Not. Which I guess, yeah, might be intentional. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you say that... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where to where to start from this. When I say it's a fan film, I mean, yeah. I, well, that's because we've we've done other like. Uh, uh, let me start back. The other fan films that we maybe have compared or can compare this to that have mm-hmm. turned into something more, like the Power Rangers, would be the first one that I want to come off of, or even Mortal Kombat seemed to be almost fan film esque, where right. it, it was just just throw in as many references as you can. And that will carry the movie. Right. I mean, like you want to say it like that. I'm actually literally saying that this looks like uh, John Smith and his buddy Stephen m- tried to make a movie called Coven or Coven, and they made this instead. You're saying technically? Yeah. <laughs> what I'm getting at is that this movie is, is it's, it's, it's so bad, uh, but then it's so good because you can tell that the people that were making the movie actually cared, but then they didn't care. This is no different than me going on YouTube and seeing the 20th Friday the 13th hour and a half fan film that somebody posted on YouTube. That's exactly what this movie is. It is horribly acted. The story doesn't make hardly any sense. The characters don't even look like the actual game. You could tell that they had two money shots that any fan would be like big about. And that is the main hall and the police station and the main hall in the uh, mansion that was their money shot and then it was like hey we did it we did it and that's man that's I, it. I i think you're 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 starting off fast like too fast actually we need to get because there's a lot of parts of this movie that i actually did like and it was for those reasons i'll tell you right now that i think um the more that we talk about this i will probably convince myself that i enjoyed this movie more than all of the other Resident Evils before all the 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 Mila Jovovich's, Jovovich that that had uh, and her husband that directed those damn movies, but I think that this one you're right like it's stuck to uh, to the the kind of the um, the uh, the faithfuls and it gave a lot of Easter eggs it gave a lot of things for the fans in there too where that. Uh, shined. It took a lot away from actual setup, right? Because I I really don't think. Um, and I'll ask you know you know Sarah again too, or you know if anyone else wants to as well. But for anyone who was unfamiliar with Resident Evil, completely unfamiliar with like anything about story, game, anything else, going into this movie, I wonder what questions that they would have if they would be able to pick up and follow because we just have that umbrella corporation is there. There's no history there. There's no, you know what I mean? Like a uh, force. It's just kind of 
the one house, the one maybe secret building, and then possibly the 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 baby blue eyed doctor Neil uh, McDon McDonald, mm-hmm. uh, who's been in all the other movies, who's you know bad scientist, bad guy type of thing. But he doesn't really even come off as that. You know, he's like the orphanage director turning into like the umbrella director, and you don't really see him doing anything other than just having ominous dialogue. So for him to be portrayed as this villain is just kind of like, all right, I guess I'll, all right, I guess I'll go along with it until the end when he actually does become the villain. Right. So I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to explain something to you because you said I'm going a little too, too, too fast, too furious here. (laughs) Um, Is the reason why we're doing this now is two reasons. Reason number one, I am a huge Resident Evil fanatic. I'm sorry. Let me go back. I'm a huge trilogy Resident Evil video game fanatic. One, two, and three, the original three games. Uh, I still play them to this day. I'm a fanatic. I love those three games. So I'm the guy on this podcast who knows every little Easter egg that they do. So that's reason number one. Reason number two for reviewing it now is because I wasn't going to go pay pay money to see this in theaters. This was not the first movie that I was going to see post-pandemic. I got to save that for Batman, right? So that's why we're doing this now. It's available on what? Amazon? It's available for Amazon. It's available to rent. So that's why we're doing this now. Um, No, I don't know about you. So I I just admitted that I'm a huge Resident Evil fanatic. Are you in the same boat as me? Or are you more of a casual Resident Evil gamer guy? I'd say it's... It started off hot and then it waned throughout the years, you know. Like Resident Evil um, director's cut, so like one, two, director's cut, and um, three Nemesis. Was, yeah, Nemesis was was fantastic. Like those right. were the, those were the ones you played. That was PlayStation One, so that's what you played. It was right. it was almost like a launch game, and yeah, like um, the controls were horrible. A they sucked really bad, but you played it. Like, because uh, what else are you gonna play? Spyro, you know it. It 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 worked, and um, it was it was good because it was blood. It was scary. A lot of those zombies, uh, the dogs were always scary. Nemesis was, well, not in a hurry. It seemed like in those games, right? But, you know those zombies where they would just like kind of stand and then they'd slowly walk over to you, and it's a fun type of game but yeah oh yeah i mean i I enjoyed it was the puzzle aspect of why i liked it i've always enjoyed like the the mist you know the the the, those types of games where you kind of have to explore and um you know and uh, mess around and kind of you know uh what's the word i'm looking for kind of uh tinker solve posit tinker uh build stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, just kind of yeah, solve the puzzle. Be like, because that movie or uh, that game was basically like, like an escape room. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like the first game, you were in a mansion. You played between either Jill or Chris, and you had little to no ammo, and the and mansion was infested with zombies, and now, you needed to figure out why. The other part is that he said these characters didn't look like no. uh, the casting, and that's uh, I'll challenge you there because I thought Chris. The guy who played Chris Renfield, uh, Redfield did a, a pretty good job, but that's just all you need is just an all-American boy with some eyebrows, and that's what you got. Uh, he looks good holding a gun, and boy does he. How could you deny that the guy who played Wesker was not a great 
Like the only other person would be Sean Bean would be would be to top that, right? Like No, no. Actually I'm gonna argue with you on that one. Um I think the guy who played Wesker in the Emilia Jolovich movies was was a better Wesker than this guy because that was Wesker. He uh, he. I mean, the guy in those original Resident Evil movies who played Wesker was Wesker in the games. This tall, brooding, spike hair, blonde guy that just was chewing up the scenery. You knew as soon as you started the game he was evil. This Wesker was Wesker light. You even could tell at the end where it was like, oh, he's Wesker. You know what I mean? No, I mean like this. This iteration of Wesker is not the Wesker that I know. I mean, and, and, and by the way, for the record, I'll make this very clear for you so you're not having a heart attack. I don't like any of those Resident Evil uh, movies either from Mila Jovovich. I don't like those movies at all. So this is better than that. Okay, uh, at least we can yeah. get there. <laughs> no, wait, no. I'm on, your, I'm, I'm on your same team. I'm saying the way the characters look in the movie compared to what they look in the game those Mila Jovovich movies, that guy who played Wesker looked like Wesker in the games. Uh, the woman who played Claire in this movie does not look like Claire. She may have a red jacket and ride a motorcycle, but Claire in the original games was barely 20. This one's pushing 30. Looks nothing like her. Uh, this this doesn't look like Jill Valentine to me at all. Say not it. Not even one bit. Say it. Say it with say Jill and Leon. Say it. I want you to say it. What? I want her to wear that blue shirt with those dark blue shoulder pad things with the little French beret. Come on now. Jill is the hero. I mean, she carried the third game, for God's sakes. This one wasn't a strong Jill Valentine that I was hoping for. Hell, the Jill Valentine in Resident Evil Apocalypse was better than this one, and that is breaking my heart to say. Uh, I will agree with you on Chris. I will totally agree with you on Chris. Uh, Willem Birkin, the guy who returns to the G-Virus monster at the end, he he looked like his character. That was fine. But Leon, Leon made me mad. And I feel like I'm rambling, so I will say this so you can chime in, is I'm not a Leon fan. I'm more of a Jill Valentine fan in the games. So, oh, obviously. Uh, like, I'm oh, gonna, yeah. I'm not going to argue there. Everybody seems to love Leon for some reason. Leon is as tall emo blonde haired guy who rescues the president's daughter uh it looks nothing like this guy um which i'm not mad about because i'm not a leon fan so make leon whoever you want i don't care you know like I'm yeah not a fan. i i i get that um having some similarities is is one thing and then maybe recasting is another i, I don't i don't mind it i and um Honestly, I still do like the Wesker thing. He didn't have like a long, you know, red trench coat, or or he didn't get the glasses until the end. But I still think um, the guy Tom Hopper is his name, the actor. Uh, I think that he is, he's what I want. He's he's a Patrick Wilson light there. He's a budget version. Oh, he was in Umbrella Fact. Uh, he's a Umbrella Academy. So he's just. Um, He's just a you know, he's a, he's a tall, uh, handsome guy with some blonde hair. Oh, that's who he is. He looks familiar. He's the guy. He's like the strong guy in Umbrella Academy, huh? Oh, that's him. Luther, apparently. Oh, that's him. Okay, I watched two episodes of that show and I didn't like it, but that's him. All right. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of other uh, stuff too, where he just obviously plays big man. Uh, you know, good cop Merlin, um, Black Sails. So okay, fair enough. Okay, so one of my other game. It was Game of Thrones. One of my uh, other gripes with this movie that is in the second and third game that's not in this movie is 
The second and third game takes place in Raccoon City, and the whole city is overran by zombies, right? Mm-hmm. Death in the streets. I mean, hell, even in the intro of the of the of Resident Evil Three Nemesis, you have zombies tearing up SWAT teams and just people running. Where is the people? Where is Raccoon City? This movie, it's 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 so minimum. So this is, I think, where the trouble is in the entire movie. I enjoy the references that they made for the games, one, two, and three, the characters that they have there. I don't like the story that they have, even though the story stays true partially to the game. I get it. You know, uh, Umbrella was doing some shady things. Something happened out of control. Umbrella tries to clean up. That that bridge scene where the uh, chief tries to leave and um, under the bridge, and then Umbrella starts to open fire. I don't know. Like, cool. It's a great shot. Perfect. I'm I'm in it. But yeah, they, it's very minimum though. They everything was very minimum because they did this to like, all right, we're evacuating the city where they didn't have time to in the game. Like it just happened, and you know, like people who knew knew obviously, and they got out for the Umbrella people, but. No, the the town was was victim. Like that that was the whole that was the whole point of right. of of the whole game. And so they took a lot of that out. And this is where like I said again, repeating myself, because you have three games into an hour forty minutes. And you have two games. I would argue with two you. and a half. Uh, there's no Resident Evil three in this. Nemesis is literally in it. No, he's not. Oh, that end guy. I'm sorry. That's from two. Yeah, that's G virus monster. Yeah. That's on Nemesis. Now don't 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 you do it, Eric? No, because the tongue. No, the that thing. No. The... the thing with the tongue. That's the liquor. Hold on. You you you. I'm gonna. I'm googling. Go ahead. Prove me wrong, because you're gonna say it on air that Jordan was right, which you never do. Nemesis was not in this movie. The word Nemesis wasn't brought up in this movie. It had the liquor. It had the dog. It had the crows. It had Lisa, I think, uh, the deformed girl uh, that had the like leather face stuff on her. She's in the Resident Evil remake that came out in GameCube in the early 2000s. And then you had Birkin, who was the G-Virus monster with all the eyes on his shoulder. That's it. Oh, and zombies. So, yeah. No, no, I'm just proving me wrong. I'm just saying. Oh, no, go, go, go ahead. Go. Uh, no, that's it. I'm, I'm I'm waiting for you so I can move on. Well, you gotta you gotta buy time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of the things why I'm biding time is that I don't know why they couldn't do this for this movie. In the original game, it's only the mansion, and Jill and Chris and the SWAT team stars, if you will, thought that they killed every zombie. But the reason why the second game happens because one zombie escaped the mansion, went to Raccoon City, bit somebody, and it became anarchy. Why have Umbrella poison the water supply is so ridiculous to me. I don't like this idea and how people are bleeding out of the, I mean, like through, I mean, in the beginning of the movie, we have the stars teams in a diner, right? And the waitress comes out. She's acting completely fine. She's having a conversation with Leon and then she starts to bleed from her eye and she's like, Oh, it's nothing. I'm fine. And it's like, that's ridiculous. And then Claire eventually goes to her brother's house, and the neighbors, the son and the mom, look like they have cancer. Their hair's falling out, and and, and the mom's writing on uh, with blood on the windows, itchy, mm-hmm. thirsty, whatever. Um, one thing that I love about the Easter egg is the opening of Resident Evil 2, the game, is Claire arrives in town 
with a trucker. And the trucker gets bit by a dog, and then the trucker turns into a zombie. I thought that was fine. I thought yeah, that was sure. Totally fine. A lot of it was... But again, like it, it, they they do these and they try to wrap them up in just like a one sentence thing, like oh this happens because this and the character will say like the the prisoner in the in the jail and the and you know he made sense like oh you guys work for the police you guys probably had like a pill or something that you guys took without even noticing that you know delayed the virus or something for you and say like, is that supposed to be the the wrap up or something like that and by the way no T, Nemesis T is not in the movie but they do make references. But Nemesis T is not in the movie. But the doctor has uh, said it in. Yeah, correct. So they, they, it's just Easter eggs. Just Easter eggs. So I'm. So I am. We're both right. Yes. Good job, no, Gordon. Whatever. 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 Oh come on. All right. So we get Claire coming in. Okay. So Claire. Okay. So we're we're kind of going over the place. But in the beginning of the movie, Claire is a teenage girl. Her brother is a teenage boy. They're in an orphanage. Their parents died in a car accident. And this orphanage is ran by Umbrella. And then Claire befriends this mutated little girl that has faces all around her. Yeah. Now, this now this little girl, I think she, her name's Lisa, I believe. No. But anyway. Lisa Trevor. Lisa, Lisa Trevor. Now, this is an interesting fact. Lisa Trevor has never been a character in the games until the Resident Evil 1 remake that happened on GameCube. And she was a character in that game. That's the only time she's ever been in the game. So why introduce her into this movie? I have no idea. Why? Because she's not like a major foe that they fight. Uh, her character in this movie is just like her character in the game. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see. I do like the Easter egg of them showing the Ashford twins. Do you know the big thing about that? Uh, go ahead. Uh, that's Code Veronica. So I'm kind of interested to see because the director said if the movie's successful, the next the sequel will be Code Veronica. I was wondering about that because again, as I was looking into this, um, the Palm Pilot had has a a reference to Nemesis, and again, the Doctor William um, Birkin, Bir- Birkin, Birkin, whatever, uh, mentions <laughs> it a well as well too. So I was wondering if they're going to go with that or if they're going to go with um, well, geez, they have a few other different options. Though, don't yeah, they? they they could even go with um, the house in the was it seven? Oh, seven? No, no, I don't want them to do that. I mean, they're I mean, with them showing the twins, the little boy and the little girl with the blonde hair, towards the middle of the movie, when they show them in that um, in that uh, film reel, uh, that's that's clearly the Ashford twins, and that is going to well, I mean, that I'm is about the, the, the the blonde twins, right? The the, blonde the, the twins. moment where. Um, Claire does the very, very uh, stereotypical, uh, not stereotypical, the, the horrible movie trope of going into a room that obviously it's been untouched for years, dust mm-hmm. everywhere, a projector locked, loaded, powered on, and ready to go, flip the switch, and it's there right where you need it to. Right. Um, so kind of kind of that whole, that whole thing. Right. And... In the game, in Veronica, the fourth game, well, not technically the fourth game, but in the spinoff game, uh, one of the siblings is dead, which is the sister. And the brother is walking around the mansion a la Norman Bates, pretending to be his sister, but he's really a guy. Ah, you know. Spoiler. Well, that's in the game. That game came out in 1999. If you don't know it by now, I'm sorry. Well, I wonder if they're going to make a sequel. It did, I, I would assume, made its its money. 
Oh, it made money. It made money. But this movie was very low scale. Um, I want to talk about an actor that I don't know his name, but I see him in everything. And every time I see him in, it just kind of makes me smile. Um, the police chief. Donald Logue. This, Donald Logue. I want to talk or about Lug Donald. Or whatever his name is, yeah. I want to talk about Donald Logue. I, I, I want to drink a beer with Donald Logue, who was the police chief in this movie. Reason being, uh, the first time I ever saw him was in Blade, right? He was the crazy vampire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then he was a part of a show – because I never watched sitcoms like in the 90s, you know, like when like Friends and Raymond came out, like those shows, Home mm-hmm. Improvement. But it was like the early 2000s when I started to get into my own sitcoms. Grounded for Life. And I loved him in Grounded for Life. Yeah. Yes, I watched every season of that. And that's still on Hulu, I think. And I still watch it to this day. Yeah, dude, that, that, was, that really is an underrated show. It is, and I had such the hots for uh, for the redhead daughter, and love that show. Um, so fun, then, fun to think about that show. Um, I, I believe it shared a production or studio or writing credits with that '70s show, and so they do crossovers. All the characters from Grounded for Life and that '70s show they they've crossed over to each other's uh, shows. That's true. They have. I've I've seen some episodes of that. I'm curious if they're going to do anything later with now that 90s show coming out. But it's just, I mean, ever since Grounded for Life and Blade, I just see him just coming in and out of these movies that have, I wire you here. You're clearly a working actor. You're clearly here for a paycheck, but I enjoy him in it. He was my favorite character in the movie, not just because of the history with him that I have explained, but because he's exactly what every real person would do. I mean, I'm... I am yes, I'm actually giving this movie credit. I mean, he is the police chief. Where are the rest of the police? We don't know. He even says that. I don't know what's going on. Go to the mansion, figure this out. You guys are the worker bees. I'm the chief. And then when he can't get a hold of anybody, I'm gonna get out of here. Hey Leon, you're in charge. See you later. Who would not do that? Something's going wrong, right? I just I, I thoroughly enjoy his character. Uh I was really upset when he when he died at the uh end, middle. Yeah, he seemed to be kind of just like the the pointless um, body there. But again, anyone that isn't the main four um, was going to be a body anyway. So Right. So while the city is being, quote-unquote, overran by zombies, if you notice, we see there were only like 10 zombies, really, in the, uh, in the city. Like, we didn't see a whole lot of zombies. We get more zombies in the mansion. So while... I mean, plot-wise, why the why the city of Raccoon City is being overran by zombies, and they're trying to break into the police station, uh, the chief police sends a team of other people to retrieve police officers that have gone missing in the Arklane Mountains, which is at the Spencer Mansion, which is the uh, set of the first game, and they stumble upon this mansion to figure out, hey. What's going on with this mansion? And then we get the big zombie reveal, like in the first game, right? When that was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that was, was great. Great fan service there. That was that was amazing. Nice job. I like everything in this mansion. This is what the movie needed to be. I mean, it was claustrophobic. I find myself getting a little creeped out, like when Chris was by himself and he was running on a bullet and all he had was his flashlight. That makes sense because there's no power, right? And there's zombies coming out of every direction. I thought that was great. Yeah, th- there was a lot of good stuff 
in the house in in the house scenes. Uh, I even when the 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 helicopter scene when they were flying in, just the searchlight going over the trees, mm-hmm. just to give you a, a sense of how dark it is. It's just like you're in the middle of nowhere, buddy. You're there's nothing around here. So that was a pretty good, uh, you know, you know, kind of to show you how isolated they are, and then yeah. going into the house and. The other thing too is that um, what I re- appreciated is that it was like a realistic kind of mansion, and, and what I mean by that is usually with these movies, you see them walk in, and it is a massive front foyer. You know, it, it is like this huge greeting area that's just like like the, the haunting was. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. House of Haunted Hill, or you know, any of these, uh, you know, all of those you know, big scary movies. The front mansion is just this massive blah blah, and this one's just like, oh no, it, it's big, like this or walkway, but it's still like the ceiling is. It, it, this is like a believable that like a CEO would live here, right? No, I mean like it was claustrophobic, like which is a little bit different than the first game, which I actually will give this movie credit for, that I think is better than the first game because the whole first game you're in that mansion, right, and you mm. have power, and there's not a lot of dark corridors and it's big it's a massive mansion in the video game in this you are 100 right uh i'm glad you said that because i was going to bring it up this looks real they would not have power right and you have no i mean it, every corner is danger and you have no idea what you're getting yourself into i actually like the zombies in this that's one thing that the mila Jovovich franchise completely forgot about was zombies mm-hmm and I thought the zombies were decent in this. I mean, I've seen better. But again, it's not bad. Well, the, I think these were different in because in that in that in the game they scared you. When you went around a corner, you didn't expect them because zombies aren't they're not running around. Right. A lot of them are just standing and like just idling, just kind of waiting for something to happen, almost like a trap, you know? Right. And that's what happened in a lot of the game. A lot of movies don't have it like that. The movies just have them being chased or running around and doing this, and some zombies will run after, or they just zerg rush them and just kind of mob them. These moved at a pace. They stood still until, like they they caught the scent, and then they started to move. And their move wasn't a grueling pace, but it was one that, like, they weren't stopping. That was no, the yeah, yeah. thing I liked about it too. Is that one? It's the other thing is tight quarters too. You're not having a big hallway, and like having a mob of these things come at you. You're having a tight hallway, and you're just having like a row of these things come at you. But it's real because you're uh, you're limited on ammo, and these things are taking bullets. Rich, even which they never headshots. shoot them in the head. Yeah, they never. Sh- <laughs> My favorite zombie part of the movie, which I'm gonna go off of you, that makes total sense. Like for the Resident Evil zombies, like you just said, of just staying idle, not not doing anything, where the zombie is just walking down the hallway, being all zombie-like, you know, and he just happens to turn right and sees, I think, Chris Redfield's friend or something, and he's like, "Oh, hello." And he starts attacking the guy. Like, I like that small little part because it was like that's exactly what would happen. That's what happened in the game, you know. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just the the person gets overwhelmed. It's not that they're they got attacked or they did a a stupid move or you know they slipped and oh, you know it's that no they tried and they got overwhelmed in a tight space. They got cornered, and that's just it's just scary. It's it's a slow death. It's drowning. 
Right. Um, I, I, I will argue, and I don't know if you agree with me, but the best scene in the movie is when I think Chris is in the uh, mansion, but in the dining room. And their lights are off, and all he has is his flashlight, and those zombies are coming out of every direction. And he's hiding under the table, and they still come after him. It takes Jill to save him, but that was a very claustrophobic, very well-done scene for that atmosphere. That is one thing about this movie, because I did insult it at the beginning of the episode, but I will say I will give this movie credit. This movie does create atmosphere every which way. Late in the movie, but yes. No, no, no. I think it creates atmosphere as well in the police station. It's just an atmosphere that I don't like. No, yeah, I, I, I can. I see where you're going with this, but any atmosphere that was created in the police station was quickly removed from the character Leon. He he was a horrible character. Not you don't to like say, him. No, no. The, the the character itself was supposed to be like this dumb cop, and boy, did he play dumb on more than one occasion. He got saved twice, and I think he had to save. It was no, I, I did not like his character whatsoever. And even at the part when um, he and Jill save Chris, uh, or is it Claire that saved Chris? And Chris is like, Whoa, you know, and he says, Yeah, I'm surprised too, rookie cop. It's like, Yes, dude, you should have died, or yeah, your consequences uh, should have caught up with you a long time ago because. To, to sit behind a desk and like nod off listening to um, whatever that was, Crush or, you know, yeah. whatever 90s song you're listening to. Well, there's like a, an explosion going on outside from a from a trucker and then a flaming zombie walks in and you just didn't you just didn't happen to to catch that. Like, w w give me the maker of your headphones. I want those headphones. Actually, I, I totally agree with you. That was really annoying. And I know, you know, but for people that may not know or whatever just so i can get it off my chest about leon uh this is a character that comes into the second game and he's kind of like brad pitt in seven where he's a a cop uh out in the country his first day on the job in raccoon city and he walks into the police station and this happens well you want to tell me what's going on here huh what's going on oh what's happening here shut up leon yeah shut no up. he was he was not good i don't know why they just didn't do that I just don't know why the, the, the reason why I explained his character or the beginning of his character in the second game was why couldn't they just do that? I mean, you're already paying so much fan service in this movie already. Why aren't you just making this character like he is in the game? He's a rookie cop. He doesn't know what's going on, but he's strong. He's determined. He's a survivorist, survivalist, survivalist. Uh, have not in the I movie mean, at all, Jordan. Have him be another body. It's able yeah. for the sequel, you know, like that, that should have, just like the chief, this guy should have been a no name, should have been NPC and should have been a body at the end. Oh, I totally agree with you. Why don't this have, I mean, as you can clearly tell, uh, from me and from you and maybe the people that are listening to this episode is that I think you and I get excited about the mansion more. Why not just do that? Yeah. I guess they needed someone to shoot the rocket. Well, that's what they do at the end of every Resident Evil game is they have to destroy the big beast with the, with the rocket. Uh, but, or the grenade launcher or the flamethrower. Yeah. So why everything in the mansion's going on, their helicopter pirate, uh, pi, pi, blah, pilot crash lands into the mansion. That was in the second game of the police station, so I don't know why they do it here, but we'll go with it. Hey, by uh, 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 Derry from Letterkenny. Good to see him getting who? work. Who? You ever seen the show Letterkenny? No, don't know. Don't know what you're talking about. Oh, it's a damn shame. Uh, to all the other 
Dota Kenny fans out there, you know, how are you now? Jordan, you're really missing, man. If you're missing a lot. I, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, all right. We'll have a talk after the after the show here. There's a show you, you got to watch. I don't, I don't want to watch it. I probably will not like it. Uh, that's all right. You, we'll bring it off here. <laughs> it's a popular show, and I feel like it's right up your alley, bud. All right, fine. Especially I because mean, you already talk like half the characters anyway. So moving on. Hey, it's all right. We'll end it with that. Is everybody tells me I should watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I watched two episodes and went, yeah, it's okay. So you know, whatever. Not my thing. So um, we get Claire, the police chief, and Leon going back to the orphanage. And while they're at the orphanage, we get our liquor, which you can't screw up the liquor design. I mean, it was in the original movies, too. I have nothing really negative to say about the liquor. It looks just like the rest of them, right? So yeah. it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it doesn't bite somebody and mutates and becomes a super liquor. That, that you know, like yeah. Yeah, that's that's nice. Um, and they get helped by Lisa Trevor again, who was still living at the orphanage. How she's eating and surviving, how long the orphanage is closed, I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter. And she helps them go into a secret elevator because there's a secret elevator in a classroom at an orphanage to go down to the basement. Still to, works. I'm assuming the hive, if you want to call it that. The hive is not in the games. I'm just saying the hive because of the original movie. But they travel down to this. Are they in the mansion? Does it go to the mansion? It's it's the basement, right? Because is it the have, basement mansion? Because three things: you have one that train, which is in the basement. Two, you have uh, the doctor who's going to retrieve the uh, the G virus, right? And then you have right. Wesker who went in through the through the library tunnel, right? Or whatever tunnel. Conservatory yeah, sure. Tunnel. Yeah, no, no, yeah. So yeah, I, I I would assume that. It, Right, they're either they're on some sort of underground or some sort of DMZ, like you know, like off a campus somewhere. Yeah, but what irritates the heck out of me is that the orphanage is in the middle of the city. Let's just say it's in the city, right? Yes. And and then the mansion is in the middle of nowhere, in the woods, in the mountains. So when they're in the orphanage and they go, they're going down. It's not like the Wonka elevator. They're not going every freaking which way. Right, but we know, th and they don't go into it, just like many other things in this movie, Jordan, but we can assume, and we, I guess rightfully so we are, right, is that the hive is like half of the size of the city underground. Okay, so then they and go like, all right, the way down tunnels. and then they run miles to the mansion? Yes. Okay. Did, oh, didn't they take a train? Was the train underneath? The train was them escaping. But where was the train? Was that underneath the mansion or was that underneath, that was underneath the, the orphanage? That was underneath the Don't mansion. Don't make me watch this movie again. I'm not going to watch this movie again. I'm just saying it just that doesn't make sense. Maybe we're missing something. But eventually everybody gets together and Wesker is not a bad guy at the beginning of this. He uh, somebody has been uh, talking to him, telling him we're going to expose Umbrella. His mission is just to get the G virus. That's it. And Birkin's there with his family. Shenanigans ensue. Wesker gets shot up. Somehow he survives. And Birkin injects himself with the G virus to become the G virus monster. Um, I mean, it's an okay tyrant. That's the big monsters they call them in the games, tyrants. Um, I wish Mr. X was in this movie instead, but because Mr. X in the Resident Evil 2 remake game was pretty awesome. This whole thing about Wesker 
kind of not being a bad guy and then turning into it. I, it was fine for the for the first part, and I, I, I get it. But the reason why Jill like chooses to say he betrayed us, that's pretty dumb. I, yeah. I, I, I want to go back to, to that because he's like, all right, well, I have this Palm Pilot. It's just for money. I need to go expose Umbrella's secrets. She's like, we got to go save our friends. And it's just like, what? Like, chick... You see what's going on around you right now? Like the entire town, the city that you're supposed to protect has has been evacuated. You you know, like leave, leave and you're mad at him because he wants to go get dirt on on the reason why this is happening. No, I don't believe that for a second. You betrayed us, Wesker. He betrayed us. He went to go get an answer. What did you do? Went to go look for your friends because you ran out of ammo? Like this That's a great argument. Great argument. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't sit well with me because the entire part of it, I we know that Wesker is long term the baddie. He's he's you know one of the Bowsers of this Mario game, right? And nice. it's because it, it, he he's continuing on throughout the series. So for and I get his angle to turn him bad and everything else like that too. But this was dumb. Like you could have given him a bit more of a betrayal if he was going to do that rather than just being like, oh, I just don't did it for money. No, it would be like, oh, I was curious. Like they reached out to me for an experiment or I wanted to do this or they gave me an offer, something other than money or, you know, like something more than just to just a cop out, not to say a sellout to, to Jill. It just seemed, it just seemed, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like the, the fanfare part of the film where she's like, hey, we got to get, to the the next scene, we gotta get to the next point in the plot. How do we do that? Uh, we could just split them up, and we'll just say Wesker is like I don't care. Why not make the stakes more? You know, why not? Because he's not in the movie, and he was a character in the first game. Why not say that his best buddy Barry Burton, bringing a name back from the past in the first game, is been kidnapped and he's being tortured by the Seeker organization, and in order to get Barry Burton back. You need to uh, steal this information. Boom, I just pulled that out of my rear end. Yeah. That's a lot better plot point than what the movie gives us. It's a trope. It's not good, but that's something. But right there, we, we there's already a few options here. And I think that's what I like to, to pride ourselves on a little bit more in the show is that if we ever we downplay something, we try to say, like, all right, well, like, what, what would we have liked to have seen instead? Right. Or what would have been maybe better in place of... And yeah, th- those are, I think, great examples of just a few things right there. Because if you're making Wesker the bad guy, make him a bad guy then. Yeah, make him a bad person. I, I don't have any reason to think he's a bad guy until... Not even at not, the, no, not not, the film. Yeah, I was trying to go no, for the not end credit. The film. He is exactly what we would be. You know, you're right. When Jill comes in and says that, so if we gotta go save our friends, I'd be like, hey, I'm going down this long hallway to expose this company, you're right. I mean, we got to figure this out and but whatever. Uh, but when we get William Birkin injecting himself with the G virus and he turns into the G monster, I, I thought it was fine. I mean, he looked just like he did in the game to a certain degree. Um, I'm not complaining about it. Um, and I thought that the actor, again, just like uh, Donald Logue, right? I, I, I've seen this guy in how many hundreds of movies? Yeah, he's been in. You know those baby blues from from everywhere. I was talking about it. I recognized him from Minority Report. Um, I was going off a bit on The Hitcher because he was. He, oh, that's what it's Sarah said that he always plays the bad guys. No, he played the good guy in The Witcher. Or yeah, the, he I'm sorry, The Hitcher. The Hitcher. The Hitcher. Yeah, he's like 
He's like he's like Sean Bean, right? Where it's like Sean Bean always has to die. Yeah, this guy's also always in the nature. No, oh yes, he was. So I mean, like, it's fine. The ending is fine. It's just like the game. I wanted to when the ending was happening. I wanted to grab my PlayStation controller and pretend to play around because yeah. that's exactly how the game was. You know, we got to we got to get to the basement. Just just like the game, we got to get on a train because somehow there's a train in a basement, and I mean a train. And then the train is going to take us outside, and there's a boom explosion, and you think you killed the monster, but you really don't until on the left side of the train on a wall you see a rocket launcher, and you shoot the monster, and bah! And then the game ends with the with the characters walking out of the tunnel. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's that's standard. That's what happens in the games, all the games. So mm-hmm. it's like okay, and then of course we've been hinting at it. At the end of the movie, we got mid credits. We think Wesker's dead. No, he wakes up in a body bag, unzips himself, naked. He doesn't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, here comes an Asian chick in a red dress. So all of a sudden, it's Ada Wong, one of the big assassins. And she goes, here's your costume. She doesn't say that. But she gives him black Ray-Bans, and he puts it on, and he gets ready to go into the sequel. Another person that we never talked about since we brought up Ada Wong in the end here is the camera uh, stayed on a SWAT member for a few seconds longer than everybody else? Was that the director trying to tell us that was Hunk? This is uh, left to interpretation, right? Is that supposed to be what, what you want it to be? Because at, at this point, like... You know what I'm talking about, right? At the... Not the end... No, 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 no. In the middle, when the when the when the uh, yes, I know exactly police chief was trying about. to escape, and the camera pans and stays on that SWAT guy with the mask. Yeah, I know exactly what, the part you're talking about. Do you know who Hunk is, though? Because uh, if you do, I'm not going to explain it. But I'm just curious if 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 you know who I'm talking about, why that's a big deal. Uh, no, you don't know who Hunk is, seriously. Well, through go go ahead, tell me. Huh? No, I'm just saying that Hunk is just like Ada Wong. He's just he's just a SWAT umbrella member. Um, who's this awesome assassin? And he was in the original three games, always as a background character that you never really paid attention to. He was actually in the first game. Nobody really it seems this anyway. I, say, I, I did one and two. I partially did three. Uh, I skipped four. Four was for GameCube, right? Four. Are you talking about Code Veronica? Or are you talking about uh, when they go to Europe with Leon? Right. Missed all those. Missed those. And okay. then uh, I played five. That was when they went to Africa. Oof. Um, and then six was the house. No, seven's the house. Six was like a six was like a generation thing. Like you play as Wesker's kid. That's what it was. It was like one of those the weird kind of falling in between. Seven was the house, and then eight was the uh, the the village. The village, the giant witch, uh, the giant lady. Yes, the witch with werewolves and everything else. Look, I'm a big fan of the games now. I like this first person look that they're doing too. Um. I haven't got a chance to play it yet, The Village, but I'm curious on how it's going to go. Um, one of these days I'll play it. But I'm a big fan of Seven, the Biohazard one. That was a good one. Did you ever play that one? I watched the the playthrough. Okay, because okay, so you know the ending and all that stuff. Okay. Oh, yeah. like that's The one thing that I've actually enjoyed... Uh, even with playing these games is is even watching like the the playthroughs like somebody who's uh maybe not the first time you know somebody who's played it before like a pro runner you mm-hmm. know something like that but it's yeah i, I feel like it, it's crazy because there's a lot of stuff i miss in these games 
Oh yeah, there's tons of stuff. Like I didn't know until way to my teens that if you beat Resident Evil 2 the game on hard or expert difficulty, if you if you if you beat the game playing in that difficulty, then you can replay it again as a tofu, a piece of tofu. Uh, yeah. See little secrets like that. Yeah, little secrets like that. Um, no, uh, so I I want to get into Apocryphy, but I will say. Um, Actually, you know what? Let's just get into because I think what I'm going to lean into would be pop rating. So, Eric, do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first this time? Right? Um, I'll, I'll go. I feel like you've, you've been going first for a little bit. Yeah, I've been going first for a while. So, Eric, what is your popcorn rating for Resident Evil? Welcome to Raccoon City. You know, I, I wish I could say I was more torn on this one than I am with others. But here's the thing is that I, I did find myself mildly enjoying this movie. It's just that... There were I'm, I I was more disappointed than enjoyed uh, uh you know with this movie than I wanted to be it it's just like yeah I feel like throughout we talked about this entire uh podcast here is that there are many parts that I would have rather have uh, seen something else happen but they did you know they went this way instead of the other way right. they chose that this character should do this instead of that. Uh, they tried to fit too much into one, and I liked what they were going with this movie. I really did. They were—I feel like this is kind of like um, almost like a, how we did the, the Blair Witch remake, where it's just like I'm—I'm I'm on board, but I feel like you guys fumbled the ball a bit on this one. There was a lot of redeeming parts in this movie. There was the house, the the dark uh, uh, shots, the the muzzle flash shots of the of the shooting of the zombies. That was pretty cool. Um, I didn't like how they really didn't explain really next to dick about the story um <laughs> and the location they basically just thought okay well here's like the, the the bird's eye view of the town and that's supposed to be just your fluffer your pillow shot from from city to house or to house to city and you could have done that a bit you, you could have some how about this um for example if you were to go from uh, a police shot or uh, the, the bird's eye view of the town, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, that was the introduction of like, oh, uh, you know, stuff's about to happen to the town. You go uh, bird's eye shot, quiet, dark town. You go into the police um, station where Leon is doing his bit behind the behind the counter. Trucker comes in. Um, you know, the truck explodes. All this drama and the stuff. The police station happens. We got it. It pans out to go uh, that fluffer shot again of the sh the the shot of the city. Um, and going into the shot of the house, but in that bird's eye right. shot, maybe you'll see like some smoke coming up now, you know, where the, where right. the, the you know, something, something uh, dynamic, something um, where I can see these shots of the city of Raccoon City being, being destroyed, being blown up almost. I understand it's another big budget, but and at six o'clock, it's going to get destroyed anyway, but you know, like this could have been a little detail could have helped add a little bit more to it. It could have also helped you not destroy the city completely at the end because half of it's already been destroyed as you're doing these these top down shots. You can just see how the city started and then, you know, slowly lights are turning off, more fires are starting, more smoke is billowing. You could see the destruction of the city that way rather than it being just um, kind of like a, you know, the, the train coming out through the smoke or, you know, a bomb blowing it up and a house imploding. There was many different things you could have done with this movie. And I feel like they were so 
focused on doing it for the fans that they lost sight in making a movie. It's a small bag. I wanted more from this movie. I really did. I'm hoping to see more if if they make if and when they make the sequel. But for right now, um, that that is what it is. I liked it better than the other Resident Evils, um, but it still is. Uh, there's still a lot left to be said for in this movie. Yeah, um, this is definitely better than the other Resident Evil movies. I actually would say, though, that this is on par with the first Resident Evil movie. If you go back and watch that one, it's not that bad. Um, they they took the source material and tried to do something new with it, and it's, well, it's pretty much a ripoff of Aliens, but with zombies. And that's okay. Um, this movie is too cluttered, like you said. Uh, one of the things that I thought about while you were giving your review is that it, it keeps on doing bird's eye view or pan shots of the city. And I argue with you, what city? Record this city. is a no, what city? This is a small rural town. Where's your skyscrapers? Where's your big buildings? I mean, the city in Resident Evil Apocalypse, which is the second movie, uh, was a city compared to this. That was Toronto. Where was this city? This is no different than the town that I live in. You know what I mean? So I also, was this is like a coast. Yeah, no, that was weird too. It's not a coast either. Raccoon City is a middle, <clears throat> middle of America city, mm-hmm. kind of like a you know, I don't know, like a like a St. Louis or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like just some like a you know whatever. Um, so yeah, um, I've already expressed I don't like some of the uh, actors who played the characters. It didn't make sense. Also, the actors who played the characters didn't follow their character types, which didn't make sense with Leon falling asleep. Um, I, I, I like and I dislike the idea of people bleeding through their eyes and losing their hair and turning into the zombies. Um, but then I also kind of like it. It's just a stupid trope of somebody poisoned the water. And it's <laughs> like, oh, God. You know, make, they did that in Batman Begins. And it's like, oh, geez. You know, I just, I just don't like that. Um, <clears throat> Wesker at the end, that was ridiculous. The monsters were great. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm stalling. So, you know, Eric, I agree with you. This is a small bag. It was enjoyable for what it is. If you are a fan of the game, Eric, you know what this is? Mm-hmm. This, is a, uh, this is, this is a party movie. This is like if you have you and a handful of friends that are Resident Evil fanatics like you, everybody comes over, you have some drinks, you have some pizza, some wings, and you all just turn the volume up as loud as you can, and you all just sit there and enjoy the film. Yeah. Uh, that's what this movie is. It's just a thing to watch and a, a thing to watch with a group of people. Yeah. It's, not, it's not great, but it's okay. So, Put it on in the background yeah. at the Halloween party. Absolutely. It's fine. It's fine, it's, but it is better than the sequels of Resident Evil. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Like always, check us out on social media, wherever you get your podcast from, we are on. And Eric, thank you so much for joining me, and we'll be back next week for another awesome episode. Have a good night. <laughs>